Jackson Kuda Show. The Boogie Monster with Kyle Kinane and Dave Stone. You'll find out what happened to Frankenstein and other stuff that never happened. Freaking nerds. The Boogie Monster. Podcasting the unknown. Let's fucking let it rip, dude. I didn't even do a sound check. You know, just let it rip. I didn't do a sound check. Well, you're a bad boy. Yeah, I'm playing by no rules. Not yeah. Dryers on. It's not much of a bad boy. <laughs> it's not much of a bad boy I am. I forgot to turn the dryer off. Dave, fill the space. You're listening to WBM. Uh, actually, it'd be a K because we're, uh, we're west of the Mississippi. Did you know that little fun fact that uh, radio stations west of Mississippi start with K and east of Mississippi start with a W? Really? Do you know why? Western and Keystern? No. I, you messed up my timing. I was going to say, I have no idea. Uh, but yeah, that, that's how that works. I had no idea. Yeah. I did. I, for some reason, I realized that, yeah, it's like K-Rock and mm-hmm. yeah. all that stuff out here. Yeah, and all the East Coast stuff is W. Yeah, I don't know why. I didn't pay attention to that part. I learned that in broadcasting school. That would be. I was going to say, that's not a high school. Yeah, thing. I was a professional broadcaster. Hey, you listen to South 106.1. Do, do the Boogie Monster drop right now. Well, I looked that up. I want to know why. Hey, this is Dangerous Dave. You're listening to the Boogie Monster with Kyle and Dave on Starbirds Industry Audio. I would have changed the channel <clears throat> so fast. Yeah, I messed up the call. It's not Starburns Industry Audio. <laughs> As I, tell, I write YR Radio, and I was about to say station's name. Of the Google searches, the uh, of the five that come up, the last one is Why Are Radio DJs So Annoying? That's, oh, that's a great question. Like, what is it about that culture that... Like when I tell you before, but one of my uh, one of my names was Dangerous Dave, and I was like, no. And my boss was like, dude, no, you got to have, can't just be Dave. Is I'm like, it, why not? Is is, is it one of those insulated? Like you see comics that only play at one club, mm-hmm. and they're insulated, and they're like, I'm killing it here. Yeah, because there's no like, is it like a radio DJ is that way? Like, man, you really sounded great on the air. It's like you don't know that people in their cars are just like, shut the fuck up. Yeah, I don't know. I I don't know why, but you know what's funny too is uh, when I was in radio, I I was always scouring like uh, the job boards and websites and stuff. Radio is very uh, transient industry where people are just always moving, looking for that next job. So I was always reading like one ads for radio stations and DJs and stuff. And a reoccurring point that uh, that program directors or station owners would make. Like when they're looking for like the next, we're looking for a third morning show guy for our blah 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 yeah, blah. Yeah. Uh, no stand up comedians, and I don't think they meant that literally. I think they meant like no wise guys, no jokesters. Like yeah, they yeah, don't want anybody showing up. There yeah, like, nobody with like legitimate comedic chops. We want to, we, we we wouldn't really want to show up, uh, Dicky in the bouge. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, I always shit on radio DJs, but then somebody else put it in perspective, like. They get up and do original programming, mm-hmm. for the most part, for hours yeah. every day. Yeah. And so when you're listening, like you don't remember the lulls or, boy, these guys are boring. But you don't realize, like, 
That's their day job is oh, yeah. customer service to thousands, if not millions of people. Well, especially some of the bigger morning radio shows. Uh, yeah. a, a bigger morning radio show won't even play music, even yeah, if they're on a music channel. Yeah, even if they're on a – most of them are on music radio stations. But So that's you know four hours minus – I think uh, when I was doing it, uh, like 10 minutes an hour were commercials. Yeah. Like That was always like a thing with like your sales manager and your program director were always like – the program guys, like, I want 50 – Nine minutes of music every hour, and then the sales manager's like, "No, we need like forty-five, so we can sell fifteen minutes worth of." But yeah, so point being, minus commercials, they're still you know fifty minutes an hour. These morning shows, not playing music, just original content. Talking to to the extent of like trying to be generally entertaining to Mm -hmm. a large amount of people. Yeah, and I'll tell you, a lot of them were like, it's crazy. This was pre. Everything streaming, everything download. Like, like I had my stations I listened to growing up, and it was just like, well, hopefully, like how some people listen to us. Like, oh, you know, every every Tuesday I got to listen to David Collins, see what they're up to. Especially but we were that way. Like a morning, like I understood the morning show thing because it's like that's when people are starting. Mm-hmm. So yeah. now you're like dragging ass, yeah, and bored about like bummed about going to work. Mm-hmm. You're leaning on somebody to be like, well, all right, yeah. maybe that's why because it's in the morning. Yeah, you know, afternoon DJs. Yeah, afternoon drive time. Oh. Like, how are you? Ready to get home, ready to rock and roll that weekend. They're like, hey, everybody, how's it going? Yeah. Like, that's a calmer voice. Yeah. I used to listen to uh, Bill and Wendy, who were on, uh, they were on, Q101 was the big alternative station mm-hmm. in Chicago, mm-hmm. but it changed into alternative when I was early in high school, so like maybe 92 or something. Okay. But before that, I was like adult contemporary, and Bill and Wendy were the morning team on it. But Bill, if you remember the movie uh, Major League, uh huh. Now you remember how there was like the little tribe of the Indian fans? Yeah, uh huh. The, the three guys that set out. It wasn't one of them, Randy Quaid. I'm pretty sure one of them was Randy Quaid. It was like banging a drum. Yeah, yeah. Bill Leff. Bill Leff was one of them. The guy. Okay. And when it changed over, I'll turn. They still kept them, but they would just make fun of the music, which I liked because they were kind of. He would always make fun of Creed. Like, Creed was alternative. You have to uh-huh. understand that Creed was alternative. Oh, of course. The yeah, the, the late 90s. Shadow yeah. of the grunge. Well, fucking early 90s. Well, Cre- early Creed was, broke around 97, 98. Was that it? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's right. No, because that's when I was, was listening. Yeah. And he would, like, they would make, like, quarters in session. What court? <laughs> what quarters in session? Like, just typical observations. But then you could tell the moment that they knew they were going to get replaced uh-huh. by like an alternative morning show which turned out to be Man Cow. Yeah. Which was a turd streak on the side of a stall. Like unbelievably just bad. Mm-hmm. But you could tell like so they kind of just really started letting it go off the rails when they got wind that they weren't going to be working there. Oh before. wow. And they were oh. They had, like and it was bad. It was like radio stuff now like, you couldn't laugh at but it was like they always had their like weather guy who had Tourette's, <laughs> but it was like it was the creativity of what they would yell with the Tourette's. Not yeah. just like it's got to be seventy three out in Berwyn, cardboard applicator. <laughs> <laughs> and I know you're not supposed to laugh at that stuff, mm-hmm. but look at you got to look at the time. Yeah. Uh, and now I did Bill and Wendy's show back, and I really I, it was fun. I got a chance to tell them that they're still. On the air with WGN Radio, and I was working there, and I came through, and I uh-huh. had a chance to be like, you guys got me through a lot of really shitty mornings when I was working at a gas station, the 6 a.m. shift. And I would get in there, and I'd just laugh my ass off it down. That's awesome. Yeah, I used to listen to uh, the regular guys in Atlanta, mm-hmm. and uh, this was after my radio career. Um, I was in radio for four or five years, but... 
when I was landscaping, I would always listen to the regular guys in the morning. And then eventually, I became like a monthly guest when I started doing comedy in Atlanta. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how somebody hooked it up, but me and Andy Sanford would go in mm-hmm. about once a month and just do little radio gags and stuff. Yeah. But I used to think like, oh, man, I used to listen to you guys all the time. And now, well, the same thing, uh, maybe even better story. When I was a radio DJ, um, one of the pinnacle of my short career was making it to uh, 99X in Atlanta. And that 99X. was that was the station. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 99X. And, uh, but that was the station that I grew as a teenager. Everybody like that I grew up with, you know, in, in North Georgia listened to 99X. And then a couple, two years, two or three years after I graduated high school, I got, I worked my, my way up to like a part time, what we call weekends. I would do on the air, yeah. but just like part timers. Part timers only worked during the weekends because the full time guys worked Monday yeah. through Friday. But uh, so that was cool, like getting to actually be a DJ on the station I grew up listening to. So that Today, was kind of neat. Do I? Radio guys make them. I only know from one friend who was uh, doing it. I think he's still in the air. Mm-hmm. Uh, things out in Joliet, Joe Cicero, I think. Cicero Joe, they call him. I mm-hmm. think he's out. Still somewhere in Chicago. But he would move all over the place. Mm-hmm. Like Just like the beginning of the Howard Stern's movie. How, like, how much mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. All over the place. If you want to be I moved nine place. times in five years. Really? I worked at nine different radio stations in five years. And how far did you have to go from just, just the furthest one was Ocala, Florida. Mm-hmm. I moved down there for like three weeks, and then I got really? an even better offer to go back to a station in Athens, Georgia, to to run that station. So I was like, "Hey, I know I just got here, but I gotta go." But yeah, I moved nine times in five That's years. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Loop went off the air recently. That was the big uh, Chicago station forever. Mm-hmm. And it was funny, they got sold to, uh, they were go- becoming Christian programming. Because who else? Nobody, nobody's listening to the radio anymore. Yeah, it's crazy. But it's funny, they went off the air in their last three songs before turning into a Christian radio station. They played Motley Crue, Shout of the Devil, Iron Maidens, The Number of the Beast, and ACDC's Highway to Hell. That's great. It, I, you ever get like really oddly sent to be like, Oh, man, I'm cry a little bit because the loop's gone. Yeah. I didn't listen to the loop that much. Uh-huh. The loop was like it was too much talking, and they played. They, they, if they would play that music before, yeah, maybe more people would listen to it. But but oh yeah, I totally get being sentimental about radio, especially back then. And if you worked a blue collar job, where like for me, I was Lance, I was on a lawnmower eight, nine, ten hours a day. This is pre podcast. Mm-hmm. It was pre iPod. Listen, you know, uh, Google Play or Spotify, where I just have every song ever made at my disposal. So yeah, listening to the radio was big. Just you, you know, in the morning you'd have your your shows that you'd listen to, and then afternoon you're kind of like I would flip around. There were two or two or three different stations I would listen to, but I always my morning team was this crew, yeah. and then in the afternoon I switch over to this channel. And what a drag with XM radio or something or satellite radio. Like- Oh, look, so you still just play the same 20 songs. Do they? I don't listen to much XM because I, I don't have access. Oh, the 80s and the they don't even do channel. deep cuts? Like Once in a while you get one. Hmm. Uh, look at us bitching about, man, that radio used to be all right, man. <laughs> I loved it, man. I had, a, I had a good time in radio. Yeah. Met a lot of musicians. How do we get How do we get about that? I don't know, man. What else going on, dude? You uh, how's your How's your anger? How's your temper? You have a temper tantrum this week. I had a temper tantrum. What's the matter with you? I don't know. I had, I, I did everything right that day. I woke up. I was having a bad week with technology. I was uh-huh. trying to buy flights. 
and, and just airline websites. Just it's such an easy scam for them to be like, oh, here's a cheaper flight, but I couldn't click on the thing. Uh huh. And should all these like ten like a page filled with ten options for cheaper flights on a Delta website, and I couldn't click on it. And I call them like, why can't I click on this cheaper flight? They're like, I don't know, but we could route it for you. Like, no, I just want to click on the thing that says I can get a cheaper flight. I reboot the website. And like, oh, they're all sold out now. Oh, magically, all the cheaper flights are sold out. What's the this scam? Is, this is old man. Just them telling you, look, here's a cheap flight. So you gravitate towards that airline, mm-hmm. and then that cheap flight's not available. Well, we'll sell you this one that's the same price as all these other ones. Oh, different airlines popping up. No, right. this was oh. the Delta website. It oh. was just oh. I was just angry at it, yeah. and then I was trying to send out promo stuff through the mailing list. Then uh-huh. I'm on a fucking mailing, MailChimp website, and... I kept. I would like. All right, I'm trying to reset my password, and every time I do it, would some reason put my sister's name in. It would autofill my sister's name in. Huh. I'd be like, no, and then I would change her name, and then it would change the website address. Then I would change the website address. It would put her name back into it, and I just uh, picked up my laptop. You can see it here. Yeah. And I picked it up over my head, and I slammed it on the coffee table over there. Why would I you do that? Slam the shit out of it because you know what? It's the thing you're not supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And I and it's not even the computer; it's mm-hmm. the website. Yeah, or maybe it is. Whatever it is, it felt great. Hmm. It felt great because here's this thing that's frustrating me, and it's not machinery. We're like, oh, that's the part of mach- the machine that's broken. Mm-hmm. Change that part of the machine. Yeah, it's just this little box that we rely on, and then. But, oh, but can make sure the box is cool and make sure it stays out of sunlight and take care of this little baby yeah. that gives you your pornography and your email. And to take it and pick it up over your head and smack the shit out of it feels fucking great. I'm afraid to watch porn on my computer. <clears throat> Why? Just viruses. I don't, I don't trust it. It's a Mac. You're not supposed to get viruses. Uh, I've gotten... That's happened before. I mean, well, where are you going? I just... I, I, I watch VHS tapes. <laughs> I'm sure that premise has been done, but just the hipster who's who likes his old <laughs> analog. Who somebody had a great joke about like the younger generation not understanding of like finding your dad's pornography mm-hmm. and like on a VHS tape and playing it and realizing exactly where your dad. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just down, like, oh, I'm done with this. This place. is how we far how far you got. <laughs> oh, good joke. Dan Mintz has a great joke about that topic. Um, I won't do it justice, but he's just he says something like, uh, you know, kids today have it so easy with all the options. When I was a kid, all we had was the lingerie section of the mm-hmm. Sears catalog. But now with the internet, I can go on my computer and go directly to Sears.com. <laughs> <laughs> That's a damn good joke. Oh. Oh. Yeah, I lost my shit, and then I, I tore the closet door off. And just too, so I'm like, walk away from it, walk away from it. I walked in the closet, closet door was in my way, and I just pulled it right off. Of the what? Door. What's wrong with you? I don't know, man. You're like the Incredible Hulk I'm, this week. I'm not. That's uh, <laughs> not who I am. You I'm ripped the laundry door off? The, the, no, in my closet. Same kind of door though as that one. It was just like I walked by it, and it was in my way. And I went to push it closed, and it wouldn't do what I wanted it to do. And I was just like, anything that doesn't do what I want it to do right now, I'll destroy it. And so that's what I did. I fucking smacked it. And the computer worked better after I beat the shit out of it. That's right, Apple, you little bitch. Wow. Closet door and just tore it off. I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall. Just see angry Kyle. The whole, I, everything's fine. There's no, like, deep-seated anger. Uh-huh. I went on my bike rides. Comedy's a fun time again. 
maybe that's these little things that I can't sort out uh-huh. and frustrate me, and I can immediately just destroy them, and it feels good. Like you're embarrassed later. My mom, she would like what's she would do the same thing. What's wrong with you? My mom did the same thing a couple months ago. She's like Kyle, I know, I get it now. She was doing something with the laptop. Except this is where my mom still picks yeah. it out. She didn't want to wreck the tiles in the kitchen, mm. so she went outside of the driveway and slammed her computer on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> Both death out there. Oh. Bathroom, throw the laptop around the driveway. I was like, yeah, and how did it feel? She's like, it felt great. I'm like, exactly. You know what you need? I don't have this anymore. But Somebody else to handle this shit is what I, I need. I use in, in an old house I lived in, I had this for about three years. Uh, it wasn't for this exact purpose, but I had a uh, heavy bag. A, a big, heavy punching yeah, bag. That, That's fun. It's supposed to be punched. Mm-hmm. The relief is going, this is what you're not supposed mm-hmm. to do. It's like when you're a little kid. If you're a little kid, especially like little boys, mm-hmm. you ever just see like panes of glass leaning somewhere? You're like, well, I have to break those. There's a compulsion to break stuff that you're oh, not yeah. supposed to break at your house. But yeah. abandoned house, what's the first thing you do? You throw rocks through the windows. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what that compulsion is. You know, you start fires. Oh man, yeah. Well, yeah. There's just that burn shit is a little good. that destruction gene. Just yeah. I, I want to fuck some shit up. No, oh, I had that. What is that? That that that's repressed. They have, they have those parties where you can go and wreck stuff. Mm-hmm. What did I see that just come from one of those? And they were just so. Oh, Betsy Sidaro. You know Betsy Sidaro? She's mm-hmm. like UCB stuff. Sounds made up. She's real funny. She's real funny. Real spunky rascal hmm. of a gal. But she had, I saw her at a bar down the street. She had just come from one of those, and she was tuned up. She could like, it was the fucking best. Just throwing VCRs at dressers. And wow. Stuff. Like, but you just go to it. Okay. I think it's like a Japanese thing. I think it started there. They got all the pent-up frustration. Oh. And so you go, and you just beat the shit out of something that looks like a living room. Man. My outlet when I was Therapy, you know? about 12, 13, 14, right before I could drive, uh, across the street was a lake, like a communal lake, and there was a giant... Uh, uh, parking lot, just a crude, crudely fashioned parking lot with big, giant pieces of gravel. Mm-hmm. There's different uh, classifications of gravel. I won't bore you with like crush and run and all the the labels, but this was like the big like. I actually want to know crab apple. What crushes crush and run is just like this this mix, like the real small stuff. This back in my landscaping days, I I used to know all the terms, but this I forgot the name of this, but this was like. The size of golf balls, mm-hmm. but but gravel, mm-hmm. and uh, the best thing in the world. It was both fun and also it scratched that little destruction yeah. itch. Uh, just take an old shitty baseball bat, wooden baseball bat, and just toss mm-hmm. and bam, and but just it, the the sensation was greater than that of a baseball because this is like a golf ball sized yeah. rock. Yeah. So just that bam and that, and then also seeing the destruction it would do to the bat. You'd hit yeah. a good one, then yeah. you look at the bat like, oh man, look at that shit, yeah, yeah. and eventually. Yeah, and then after a few months, you just destroy the bat. It would just eventually just whittle away. Yeah, apart. splinter yeah. everywhere. But, man, just that, that sensation, just just really getting a hold of one. And then also watching it go, like, the goal was to hit it over the lake. That was a home run. But yeah. uh, just, oh, so much fun. I think I think it's like the office space when they destroy the yeah. printer. Like, that resonated with so many people. Yeah, what a good a scene. Because it's just it's just a little thing. Just a little yeah. bit more or less going, nope. Yeah. And it's not broken like, oh, the screen won't turn on. or so. It's just like, nope. Mm-hmm. The easiest thing. I want to do a simple thing with this. You know, a car doesn't start. 
there's stages you can go through to find out why a car doesn't start. Yeah. Is it getting gas in the engine? Is it getting air in the engine? Is it sparking? You know, you can go through these stages. Uh-huh. And with a computer that's just saying, nah. Yeah, you don't know. You fucking smarmy fuck. <laughs> nah, we don't want to. Oh, what man. What are you going to do? I'm going to beat the shit out of you. Mm-hmm. Ooh, ooh. It started working after that. My internet got faster. Ooh. They heard. Were, uh, were you, did, you, did you have a temper problem when you were a kid? No. I did. I don't think I did. I, don't, I mean. One time, I got so mad at my mom and my brother. I was about four or five, and I don't know what happened, but it was just, it's on. I'm going to go to my room, slam my door, and just destroy my room. And my brother put a uh, cassette recorder right outside my door. And they, <laughs> they captured the whole thing. They captured the whole, and I'm I'm breaking He-Man toys in half, and I'm talking shit. Who else wants some of what he got? What the fuck were you looking at, teddy bear? Punching teddy bears, kicking the wall, and just talking shit. And they recorded it, and this is at two or three in the afternoon, and sure enough, seven o'clock, we all sit down for dinner. Dad comes home, blah, 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 and we're eating, and you know, I know that I'm kind of in trouble or whatever, but Dad doesn't quite know yet, and sure Sure enough, mom goes, leaves the room, comes back in 30 seconds with a tape recorder, <laughs> puts it right in the middle of the table, and hit play, and we all listened to little Fat Dave's tirade, and I had never been more embarrassed in my life. Were they getting mad, or you, is that one of those moments where you can tell they're trying to hide? Well, it was like, look, laughter. I think it was more of like, listen to what what a fucking idiot you sound like. You know, even at that age, they were like, Do you, listen to this. Why why, why are you doing this? <laughs> My mom told me, like, I used to have, like, super bad Catholic guilt. Uh-huh. Like, anything. I don't know why, like, uh, Catholic guilt and guilt from, like, my mom. Like, you like, you've ever lied to me. Like, would really get, it would really affect me. And later on, she told me how hard she had to not laugh. <laughs> When I confessed that I was playing with matches by the park, and I was just crying like, "This is the matches, I can't get the matches to light." But I tried to light them, and I know you said I asked them to play with matches, but I was playing with the matches. And this is when you were sixteen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, I was like that over a long time. Like Twenty-three. Oh, that's funny. Little Kyle felt hey, bad about the like, matches. Oh God, what have I, what have I done to this kid? I think I leaned, oh. I think I leaned on him a little hard with the guilt. Oh man, yeah, we had we had Christian Baptist guilt, like yeah. just. I mean, not to go off on this, Tyree, but I got saved. When I was six years old, I got down on my knees and I asked God to forgive me for all my horrible sins well, just that I had committed. Born. Until original the, sin over the baptism stuff? What do you mean original sin? That you're just born a sinner? Yeah. If you're not baptized, you'll go to hell? Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't think baptism was the, the go to hell thing. It was getting saved. You have to accept. Well, that's it. Like, yeah. if your baby isn't baptized. Yeah. Because that's when somebody's like, okay, cool, so... Where do babies that aren't baptized go if they yeah. go to hell? And that's when you see a Christian go, well, they're not. I mean, they're not. No, you said that if you're not baptized. Yeah. Because I remember my, my friend had his, was, was raised very Catholic, uh-huh. Italian Catholic, and had his first son. And his parent, he wasn't, he was, I don't know, atheist or agnostic, but not raising religious. And he's just telling his parents, like, no, tell my son he's going to hell. <laughs> like, no, tell my new baby son he's going to hell. Yeah. No, tell his face. It's crazy. Tell his face he's going to hell. 
<laughs> I had to repent at six years old for all the horrible things really? I had done. Yeah. Did you get baptized in a river? No, no. Uh, ours we had a like uh, above the uh, what do they call the uh, the pulpit? That's where the preacher stands. The, uh, yeah, the, uh, yeah, yeah, whatever. The preacher's on the stage. We had a nice stage, chairs. right? Yeah. And then behind him was the wall with a cross, but built into that wall that you could get to from another room was a visible yeah. little bathtub. Yeah, little, and that's uh, where we, yeah, and, and that's where we would get dunked into the bathtub, like in front of the whole church. I always thought, you know, they always show like the evil person walking in a church, mm-hmm. and I realized, did you have the uh, the the water when you walked in, the holy water that you dip your hand in, make the sign across. No, I don't. I don't think that's a Baptist thing. I always thought it'd be funny if like somebody was like smoking, walking in, she's like, "You can't smoke in there." I'm like, oh, like put it in there like it's an ashtray. Like, I just thought it would be hilarious. Like seeing like a real, like a real vampy, like lady who's clearly like representing evil walking into the Catholic yeah. church and just putting her cigarette out in the holy water. Because it looked like an ashtray when you walked right in. Yeah. It looked like an old, nice brass ashtray. Huh. Told, and you, you have to put your hand in the hole. I, did I talk about it? I went to Rachel's brother's wedding, and he was getting... There, she was raised Mormon. Uh-huh. But he was getting... He converted to Catholicism to marry his wife. Okay. So for once, I'm at a Catholic wedding, but I'm on the Mormon side. Okay. And I see all that, so I'm like, yep, that's how it goes. And Mormons are looking at that like, what the fuck's going on over there? Mormons. Yeah. That they believe you each get our own cloud when we die. Do they really? I have something like that. Mm. But to, for them to look like, what's going on? I'm like, yep, that's it's a very athletic religion. Man, I spent so much time in church as a kid. And not just church, but all these weird church activities. We had RAs. And I still don't know what R-A means. The letters R-N-A. But, hey, it's resident advisor in college Wednesday night. You got to go to R-A's. And it was like, I think it was kind of like the Christian version of the Boy Scouts. Like, it, <laughs> like there wasn't a lot of, like, uh, biblical teachings or anything. Or church, you know, it was yeah. just like, here's a safe space for little boys to go and, <laughs> you know, goof off. But we had a couple of weird, looking back on it now. At the idea of a safe space yeah. for little boys being at the church. Yeah, looking back at it now. Not, not that I'm accusing these guys, but, like, as an adult, it's like, What's up with those? There was a couple of grown men who kind of ran the thing, and it was just like, eh, they were fucking weird. Well, especially, like, Catholicism, like, also, by the way, uh, you'll never, like, it, we talked about that before. It's like, probably what, you know, you raised so religiously, and then you have your heart's like, you, you know that you're a gay person, but then the way you were raised, like, oh, that's a sin, well, then what a safe haven is to go where I'm not supposed to have sex anyway. So there's going to be no pressure as to why I'm not with a woman. Yeah. It's because I'm with the Lord. And yeah. then you've repressed something so much and have access and power over children. You know, mm. it's kind of like, well, hey, fuck, hey you, you, uh, you're a gay guy. You got to keep it quiet. And here's a lot of power. And also here's this unending sea of children. Yeah. <sighs> That's anyway, rough. that's not what we're talking about. <laughs> All right, I, went to, I went to Boise this weekend. Shout out to Boise. How was that? Great. I, I promised the mom I was going to give you a big hug. hug. So stand up, Dave. Oh, what? What are we? What's happening? Give you a big hug from Boise. Oh, okay. This is All what right. they said. All right. Come on, buddy. That's sweet. That's sweet. Come Thanks on. a lot, Boise. Said, they said they said give Dave a big hug. Okay. They did. I said, you know what? I will. I'll do it on air so they know. We don't hug enough, Kyle. We don't. We see each other. You know, but then we get one out of the. We got one there. Thanks uh, for the poison. That's good. Hell of a fun time. Two hundred eight festival. 
lot of fun people. I was only there Saturday night. Flew up Saturday. Came back yesterday. Good times. Yeah, that's awesome, Real good man. Times. Never been to Boise. I'd love to go. Like, Anybody? And then I went to see a show at Liquid Laughs, the club there. And that show, honestly, you could have farted on the mic and people would have gone nuts. It was like really? it was like one of those shows like this. You had every comic that was like, I just want to hang out. And then, you know, when you're watching the show, you're like, yeah, what if I do that? Get some time. Yeah, <laughs> like, one of those. Like, oh, boy, this is going to be a real self-esteem builder. Yeah. <laughs> it was just, people were tearing it up. That's awesome. Who would I see go up on that one? Oh, man. Well, on my show was, uh, I'm going to mess up the names. Atsuko, I don't remember her last name. She just shows in L.A. And, God damn it, I can't remember the names. I don't know. Real funny. Mike Carraza. Oh, yeah. From, you know Mike? From Montreal. From Montreal. Nice dude. Super nice dude. I know Mike. Always, like, I would see him, and he was always working for the festival. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, he's emceeing the show. I'm like, I didn't know he was doing comedy. Crushed it. Great. Fun, silly little guy. Yeah. Oh, so good. Big fan of comedy too. Like yeah. he, he's he's the kind of guy you like you you can talk comedy with and like he's an yeah. encyclopedia. Well, and also through into I don't know where but he's really funny. Mm-hmm. He's really good. And good for him. I damn it, I'm forgetting the people's names and I feel terrible for that. But it was it's a great show, so thank you Boise for coming out for that. Well, that sounds fun, man. What else is? What else happened? Uh, I don't know, man. I tell you, I saw a guy reading. Uh, I saw, no, that was uh, the weekend before. Reading the Mason's Oath on the plane. Yeah, out, yeah. That's old news. <laughs> nothing, there's nothing exciting this time in the airports. Oh man, uh, I don't know. Pretty low key week for me. I'm, I'm down 15 pounds. Just uh, check in with the Dave meltdown. Yeah, I'm down 15. So, still at this point, suitcase off the Queen Mary. Um, I I cheated the other day, but on purpose. I had a cheat day uh, Thursday, and I I had a little booze, but but uh, had some some Jacks and Cokes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no. Uh, Well, yeah. I'm sorry. It was it was for the Falcons on Thursday night, and they lost. But uh, yeah, had a couple drinks, so that you know that felt good to kind of enjoy that. you know, but still, you know, the next day back into it. Also went to, uh, you ever been to uh, over in Boyle Heights, Manuel's El Tepeyac Cafe? Is it the real, real tiny one with outdoor seating? There's there's an outdoor patio. I'm going to look it up, but I may have been. Tiny spot, giant burrito. Katie and I shared a $28 burrito. It's one of those novelty. Wait, how much? It's $28. But it literally could have fed eight people. Like this thing, like literally a five, six pound burrito. It was gigantic. Like, not like a big burrito, like we know a big burrito. Not like Gus's truck box, lunchbox, where it's like, oh, that's a big burrito. This is a novelty, like, uh, get your friends. cartoonishly sized Bring burrito. Yeah. But oh, man, good. With the uh, uh, the chili verde uh, splattered on top. And oh, man, good good times. I think I went there. I think I rode my bike out there one day. And I was looking up. I wanted to look up best burritos. And then to cap off the day, had a little ice cream. Ooh, uh-oh. Dude, okay. I know I talk a lot of hyperbole when it comes to food. Seriously, seriously, the best ice cream I've ever had. Where? Uh, right here in town. Was it gourmet? Yep. Like, Can you, you guess? Know? Right there on Hillhurst. It's kind of a trendy spot. Jenny's. No, I've heard about it. Dude, you got to go. Jenny's ice cream. 
<clears throat> this is the flavor I had. Now, I'm like, there's a couple of these kind of hipster gourmet ice cream mm-hmm. uh, spots around town, scoops and yeah. all this with these weird flavors. So I'm usually not a big fan of like the kind of the freak flavors, but uh, just, dude, uh, brown butter and almond bark or almond toffee, almond mm-hmm. something. Doesn't sounds kind of weird. Yeah. Dude, dude, brown butter and almond toffee, like. Mm-hmm. Mind blown. Just the quality of it and the flavor of it was like, yeah. I can't believe that I'm eating this right now. That, the, uh, the, the, the fancy ice cream, I get, like, that's when I'm like, ooh. And I see the fun, weird flavors, and I get a ricotta cheese. What? Get in there. Really? Get your face. I love ricotta cheese. Kill the guy working behind the counter. Put your face in that whole tub. Where, where's this at? Anywhere you can find it. Ricotta cheese. Ricotta cheese ice cream. Lavender ice cream. See, what? lavender, come on. I'll do, but that's the beauty of ice cream. You can taste it. They'll let you taste it. Okay, yeah. Like that's What a fantastic operation. Mm-hmm. Would you like to have a taste of it? And then you'd be like, oh, that's weird, but let me taste it. Oh, I've been wrong this whole time. So lavender was good? Oh, everything. In it, it just it feels like you'd be eating soap or something. I know, but then you can taste it, oh, and you're man. like, there's a reason they made this an ice cream. But yeah, man, I hadn't had ice cream in a long time. That's not something I think I mentioned this before. Uh, hard to believe, but I, I don't have a huge sweet tooth. I'm not a big sweets guy. I mean, I ain't gonna turn one down, but it's like when I'm when, when I'm wanting to cheat or whatever. Uh, desserts not at the top no, of my list. I, only ice cream when I've been walking by and being like, you know what? You never get an ice cream. Mm-hmm. Go have an ice cream. Then I have an ice cream. I'm like, why am I not having ice cream? Yeah, time? yeah, ice cream's good. Yeah, we filled this episode up with 32 minutes of bullshit. Ice cream's good. Ice cream's good. Uh, keep listening to uh, Boogie Monster while we sort out paranormal things. You ever have ice cream that's got cheese in it? <laughs> Should we get into it, man? Let's get into it. I, 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 I want to say before, before the topic, uh-huh. tomorrow a movie comes out called The Hunt for the Skinwalker. Really? Documentary. I was listening on the Mysterious Universe podcast. Uh-huh. I brought it up. George Knapp. Okay. I forget the, the other filmmaker's name but it comes out tomorrow well today when this comes out and i will i want to watch that because we're supposed to we should like look into resources other than oh yeah three fucking buzzfeed articles yeah about stuff <laughs> i tried reading that book about the guy who like saw the spooky stuff on the border patrol okay so far i'm like 40 pages in and it's just this fucking cowboy talking about him catching illegal immigrants and boy sometimes they laugh with us yeah so he just sounds like i don't know how i'm gonna like believe this fucking like People that see paranormal stuff, I want them to be like have more of an open heart. This yeah. guy just seems like a fucking cowboy. Hmm. And I read that book about the Dyatlov Pass incident, but then I forgot what I read. So we'll have to cover that eventually. <laughs> but this movie's coming out. It's about the Skinwalker Ranch. When we talked about that old Bobby Bigelow bought mm-hmm. and all the stuff that went on there. And so, uh, is it in the theater? Or is it like streaming? No, no, it's just gonna be on streaming platform. Okay, Maybe cool. we gotta get uh, we gotta get a little tuned up. We'll watch. Okay, that sounds fun. I like that, man. But anyway, today's subject. Today's topic is uh, a fun one. Another the last few weeks, I've just been uh, digging into uh, emails and uh, the listeners uh, keep them coming. Uh, Boogie Monster Podcast at gmail dot com. If there's something you want to hear us uh, stumble through. Uh, throw a topic at me, but it's been some good topics uh, requested recently, and uh, someone requested the um, Atuk script. It's uh, Atuk is the name of the movie or the script. Uh, Atuk 
is a uh, unproduced screenplay written by this guy named Todd Carroll, and it was an adaption, um, uh, adaptation, adaption of a uh, 1963 novel called The Incomparable Attuck by uh, Mordecai Rickler. Uh, it's about an Inuit hunter. It's a comedy. It's just this kind of big budget comedy script. Uh, this Inuit hunter who tries who moves to New York City, just kind of a fish out of water um, scenario. But it's this uh, screenplay that has been tied to five or six famous deaths. Mm-hmm. So uh, this script's been around since the 1970s, and. Um, well, first of all, before I get into this, the the bigger picture on today's topic would be uh, book curses. So do you know what a book curse is before I really get into this attic? Uh, is it like a curse that's on a book? <laughs> yes. Back in uh, back when books were first starting to get made, back whatever century that was, I think middle, medieval times, um, you know, it took – they literally say it, sometimes it would take a year to make a book before they had the type and all that. Like somebody – I guess oh, they would have to handwrite, yeah, and uh, and then you know a lot of them had like really intricate. Each page had a nice border or design. So some of these books took a year to make, yeah. and be, in regards of you know even if they didn't take that long, there just weren't many books around because uh, before they were mass producing them with with type and whatnot. So uh, somebody equated it to like stealing a book back then would be about on par with like stealing a car today like it's a big deal if you got your book stolen yeah so a book curse uh was an employed method that uh, many of these uh, authors and and bookmakers um towards the end of the process they would just cast a curse upon the book for anybody who stole it so if this book was stolen or manipulated in any way, uh, and a lot of the curses were actually written out uh, either towards the beginning or towards the end of the books, and uh, there's just tons of different... Would you only be cursed if you read the curse? <clears throat> That's a good question. I don't know. but well, And it also, this whole concept of, of cursing, like, so did it, I thought, like, to curse something, you had to be like a wizard or some sort of, you know, not just... I wrote a book and then I I put a curse on it in case uh, my roommate steals it. Yeah, I mean, well, that's a whole curses in general Mm -hmm. is something we could talk about. Mm -hmm. Can't yeah? Can't you uh, like uh, uh, hire someone to curse? You know, you can witch doctor. Yeah, that person curse and you give them money and they get put the curse on them. Huh? Yeah, maybe they would do that. You know, rather than curse it themselves. But uh, an example of like a, a curse, they're usually pretty brief, um, like towards the end of a book. It may say something like, steal not this book, my honest friend, for fear, fear the gallows should be your end. And when you die, the Lord will say, and where's the book you stole away? So just, you know, a little three or four line uh, thing towards the end of the book. And then another one that made this. You still had to real, <clears throat> read the whole thing. Yeah. <clears throat> That's uh, That brings me back to who opened for me at the Egyptian theater. <laughs> Because I want to get the names right. Uh-huh. Atsuko Akatsuka and Carly Ballerini. Carly Ballerini had a very funny joke about being like about her mom being a witch. Mm-hmm. She's like, "Oh, girls are just witches now. Really, you're just a witch. You just call it like my mom made me deliver a muffin that she made with her own menses to one of her one of her crushes, and then I had to watch him eat it." Are you that kind of witch? <laughs> and it was just hilarious. Carly Ballerina. Uh, I'm trying to get her name right because she was fucking hilarious. That's funny. Oh, that's Zuko. Anyway, that, that, that's who opened for me. 
And it was a great show. And, that, and it ties in with the idea of cursing. Yeah. Man, that's uh, – that, I wonder if that's a true story. <laughs> I, I don't know how you're going to make up the weirdness. That's like uh, – People are laughing at the weirdness of it. Uh-huh. It's like that's from a real place. Those details all put together. That's like in that movie. Did you ever see that movie, The Help? With uh, Emma Stone, and no. um, it was about uh, like 1950s or 60s, set in the South, oh, yeah. and she just—it was a journalist writing a newspaper story about um, uh, the maids, the living maids, and uh, how they were treated and whatnot. But anyway, <laughs> one of the maids gets pissed at her boss or employer and uh, makes a chocolate pie with uh, with some of her own Duke. So really? I thought I would share that story with you, Kyle. That's why you Sir. don't you don't fuck with people uh, serving your food. Yeah, but well, that's... this Carly's was to get the guy to love her. Yeah, that was that kind of curse. Huh. You shit. You can go out here. There's a place unrelated, a place called Mike's Cafe out in Panorama City. They'll mm-hmm. put a Snicker bar and a burger. Ooh, sounds weird. It's delicious. Next door to it was, I just a Santeria store. Really? Walked in there and it was only just little packets of potions, and they had one of the. Um, Santa de Muerte, mm-hmm. which is, that's what I learned in Mexico, I was mm-hmm. asking, because I thought <clears throat> the Virgin de Guadalupe, the Virgin Mary, that kind of, you know, the very classic imagery that you would only, like, you would always see with Latin America and stuff, that was, like, the main one. Mm-hmm. Wow. But then, you know how you see the one now? It's with the robes, but it's a skull. Yeah. It's holding a glove. That, that's the Santa de Muerte, the saint of death. Mm. And they said that one got popular because that was the saint that all the drug dealers and the cartel would take because that saint was like, eh, if you're going to kill somebody because you're supporting your family, that's okay. Wow. And so the drug dealers are like, well, that one works. For yeah. Us. That was way better. Man. I'm killing people, but it's only because I'm protecting my family, my family's business. Man, way to manufacture a justification so there. That, yeah, they cover some of it in that show Dark Tourist. I don't know if I was telling you about that. Yeah, I saw a couple episodes of that. So, yeah, yeah, I watched so. the one about Milwaukee. That was good. Okay, about yeah, Dahmer and all Dahmer. that. Yeah. But uh, anyway, so there's some little curse action there. And this, so that store had the Santa de Muerte statue, uh-huh. and it's just all money put around it. So you put it, you put a dollar on it, and you make a wish. Wow. So it's kind of like a like a religious story. Huh. Yeah, I don't know much about Santeria. I got to look into that. Reminds me, shout out to Ian Carmel. Tweeted, if you're in a sublime cover band, you do in fact have to practice Santeria. <laughs> So stupid. Anyway, back to this script, uh, Attic. Um, off, uh, you know, an adaptation of the 1963 novel, The Incomparable Attic. Like I said, just a fish out of water. Uh, all accounts, not a not a terrific script, but just uh, kind of a big budget. They're going to take a, an Inuit and put them in New York and watch the mischief and the hilarity ensue. Um, the dude who wrote it, Todd Carroll. Is it Todd? Yeah. He uh, he wrote it with one particular star in mind, uh, John Belushi. Um, you might know from Jim Belushi's Big Brother. <laughs> How's Jim Belushi still working? Uh, anyway, he was running a comedy club in Chicago, and I heard he was a real creep. Oh my god! Uh, after reading the script and wanting to play the lead role, uh, John Belushi, as we all know, uh, overdosed back in 1982. He was only 33 years old, so he's. 
he's going to do this script, and I don't know how soon. I don't think it was like immediately. They hadn't even shot anything, but so he dies, okay? So he dies, obviously, of a drug overdose. Now, the whole pattern here that I'm about to lay out, uh, the question is, is this a curse or is this just a coincidence? Or is it even not even a coincidence? Just like, yeah, all these guys, you could kind of see uh what was coming anyway, so i'll just list off the okay after john belushi died then a few years later i think in 87 they had uh they had tapped sam kennison to play this lead role mm-hmm. were you a are you a kennison fan i never understood he he got big when i was too young and just just <coughs> yeah. the weird hats and the screaming and the, and the long jackets uh, i didn't get it doesn't hold any water yeah i'm you know i i a lot of people look at him as a legend. I'm not going to shit on him just because I don't. I haven't really absorbed no. his specials or anything. But nothing's ever really caught me and be like, "Oh, that's funny." You're like, "All right, you were a pre- like the backstory is very interesting." Yeah, it's a preacher's son or something. I don't think there's anything particularly clever. I mean, as far as outside of the norm of what comedy was, of like, oh, blood, my wife, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, and you're screaming and doing that. But like, imagine having to do that every show like this forced anger this forced scream like I know. that'd be God, exhausting so I'd drive my car off a highway <laughs> and have no way <laughs> uh Sam Kennison um let's see I think it was in 87 they they had actually started some production on this movie so they got to the point where you know they were they were ready to start shooting and I think it only lasted about a week because he showed up with a script and was going to make all these changes and his manager said he had the creative freedom to do so and then the studio was like what are you talking about and I think that after about a week they fired him so but they actually you know they made it to production on this one and uh and as we know okay that was 87 so about 5 years later in 92 is when he died um when he hit head on he, he was going to Tahoe or Vegas or something uh, and just just car wreck no, but I think he did. He did die of a car wreck, and yeah, uh, yeah. I think it was uh, somewhere around the uh, Nevada California border. Yeah. But um, also, the, the the legend has it that uh, terrible crash. I think some other somebody else in his car. The driver, the other driver, was 17 years old yeah. and DUI. Hit him head on. Not unlike what happened to me. 19 year old DUI. Yeah. Hit me head on. But apparently, uh, Kennison got out of the car, staggered around a little bit, and was like talking to somebody who wasn't there. Like, no, I'm, I don't want to go yet. I don't want to go yet. Oh, and then, really? Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, like some witnesses said that he was like mumbling and looking at a place and there was nobody there. And like he was having a one sided conversation. So that take that for whatever it's worth. So, all right, written for Belushi. That's how he went out. Oh! Ah! <laughs> No! It's like, what a weird gimmick. I'm not going to die, you bitch! Like, you fucking bitch! Take it easy, dude. Like, I, yeah, I just, yeah, I see... A, okay. I see clips of him, and I'm like, what? Okay. I mean, was that... Well, I'm sure that's how it started, but, like, I think he just developed this persona and probably just felt like he had to... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so they write this script. They want Belushi to do it. Uh, before he can really even get into it, he dies of an OD at 33. A few years later, they, they get Sam Kennison. Um, he gets fired from the project. A couple years later, he dies. Then in 94, they... Uh, 
there's apparently I don't I don't know how far they got into it, but uh, they were talking to John Candy. Oh, John Candy, what a that one hurt. God, that one did hurt. Why don't they try talking to some healthier actors for this? Role? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, he uh, Candy was reading the script uh, while in the very early stages of him even receiving the script and reading it, and I think he had already verbally committed to doing it. He died of a heart attack at forty three. Candy hurt. There was like a new. Like, you could canonize someone. Yeah. John Candy. Man. That's a saint. What's your favorite John Candy movie? Man, I... You know what I like? And it got, it got pan. I like The Great Outdoors. I loved it. I loved Summer Rental. Yeah, Summer Rental was good. Summer Rental. I do, yeah. And sailing movies were all the rage. Yeah. <laughs> um, Great Outdoors was so good. His role in the, vacation as a security guard at Wally World. Yeah. I mean, planes, trains, and automobiles. Um, all of them. All of them. So much heart. Yeah. Funny. So much heart. Yeah. So much like where you're still like, I think I'm going to cry. I'm going to cry at the end of Uncle Buck. I'm mm-hmm. going to cry at the end of planes, trains, and automobiles. Yeah. You know what I, I got to watch that I kept reading? I was reading, uh, you know, it wasn't a full biography, but something about him. <clears throat> about how he was in JFK, he was in Oliver Stone. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. he was so nervous about it because he's being a real actor, and he was so nervous about getting really? the accent right and doing. All he did stuff. great. Yeah, I want to watch it just because I'm like, oh, I, I need to f- roll, you know, round out my John Candy film. Yeah, not not like oh, Oliver Stone. <laughs> he's like, I got to see all the John Candy movies. Yeah, it's going to include JFK. What else was he in? He was in some stuff that like had real small roles. God damn it, John Candy. Yeah, I loved him. Um, 43 when he passed. I mean, yeah, Spaceballs. he was. Spaceballs. I never seen that. You never saw Spaceballs? Nope, and everybody gives me shit for seeing it. I wonder if it would hold up. I mean, we're not even talking about his SCTV stuff. Yeah. But. Oh, Splash! He's a shitty. Splash. He's a shitty brother in Splash. That's the one with Tom Hanks and the mermaid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. He's got so many. Home Alone? He's, well, I forget where he's Home Alone? Yeah. Harry Crumb. I got free tickets, I think, from The Loop. That radio station was to, ooh, serendipitous. Mm-hmm. To go see who is, who's Harry Crumb. Who was he in Home Alone? I can't remember. It's, I think he was like a neighbor or something. Huh. That was, that was in his prime. I wonder why he wasn't casting a bigger role for that. That'd been funny if he was, like, if he played the Daniel Stern character. Bruce just, million. just this obese oh, yeah. Yeah. cat burglar. <laughs> Joe Pesci showed up. Early. Yeah. Brewster's Millions. That's another classic. Is that Richard Pryor? Yeah. I never saw that one. Yeah. You never saw Brewster's Millions? No. Oh, oh. Stripes? Of I know the premise. Stripes. Yeah, Stripes, of course. Blues Brothers. Orange Whip. Orange Whip. Three Orange Whips. Yep. Oh, what are we doing? We're just going to read Jack King. I didn't go so anyway, so you could see a pattern's forming here. John Belushi's supposed to do this. He dies of an overdose. Uh, Kennison, he's supposed to do it. A couple years later, he dies in a car wreck. <laughs> Ironic that he didn't die of, of an overdose. Uh, then jo- I guess he was sober at the time. Yeah. He was turning his life around. Yeah. You know, he was only 38, Sam Kennison, when he died. He looked like he was 55. I, when I look at people, I'm like, when you look at when you were a kid, yeah. like, oh, you're all old. Yeah. Like, I'm so I'm older now than, like, that. Like, my whole childhood, I thought Sam Kinison was old as shit. And I'm like, he was, yeah. I'm older than he ever lived. Yelling like the whole world yeah. was destroyed. 
crazy. You know, I, I can confirm this from today. You know who looks good, and I don't know how old she is? Hmm. Margaret Cho. She's over at the Berry's Boot Camp. Really? Yeah. I told him, like, oh, it's Kyle. We worked together. He's like, oh, yeah, you were just in place. Anyway, so it's been nice to meet you. Oh, Margaret. Hey, Kyle. What's up, buddy? Letting you know that uh, today's episode... Brought to you by Loot Crate. You remember Loot Crate. I do. Yeah, they've been with us for a while. Loot Crate, a monthly subscription box delivered directly to your door with exclusive pop culture collectibles, apparel, and gear. Loot Crate. Apparel and gear. Uh-huh. Yeah, both. I mean, apparel could be like socks, but yeah. then gear could be like a rope or something. I don't know. You never know. I'm not sure if oh, they have rope. Socks and a rope. You know that pop, you know the pop culture stuff that kids love? Socks and rope. Uh-huh. Well, two things that, you know, you're probably going to need at some point, but I digress. We won't get into that. Uh, Loot Crate, they, they curate and design everything themselves. This is no secondhand middleman crap. Uh, you can't find this stuff anywhere. It's custom. It's, it's exclusive to Loot Crate. And no matter what you're geeking out about, they've got it for you. They've been sending us boxes that I haven't uh, relayed to you yet. I just keep your oh, stuff, thanks. too. Yeah. Uh, but the one they sent uh, last week, uh, it's a monthly thing, but I got it last week. Uh, a T-shirt in every in every crate, by the way. Every month, mm-hmm. you're guaranteed to get a T-shirt. So you just tell them what size you are. That way you get the right size. But uh, this this month, Office Space T-shirt. Very cool. Like uh, we, we were talking about uh, PC load letter and, the, and, yeah. and that, uh, yeah, some reference to that. But uh, always a T-shirt. There's usually some cool socks. Uh, I've gotten some cool underwear. Uh Apparel and gear, man, really. And uh, books, little figurine, like bobblehead stuff. So whatever you're into, anime, gaming, whatever, uh, I think they can pretty much uh, cover the whole spectrum. There's like 16 different crates that you can uh, sign up for. Very cool. Over 30 million crates sold, by the way. And Yeah, people dig this stuff. And uh, Loot Crate, they pack $50 of value into each crate for less than $20 a month. So that's a heck of a deal. And uh, these crates sell out pretty quick. So you only have until Wednesday, September 19th at 6 p.m. Eastern to guarantee your order for this next crate or it's gone forever. And uh, every month, just all kind of cool stuff. And if you subscribe now, go to LootCrate.com slash Boogie, enter code boogie to save an exclusive 15 percent off your entire subscription that's uh b-o-o-g-i-e go to lootcrate.com code boogie 15 percent off do it now yeah stop screwing around yeah get your gear and get your apparel get your socks and rope um so yeah john candy he dies of course so so far we got belushi kennison and candy all involved with this script all died untimely deaths however you could, I mean, other than Sam yeah. Kennison dying on a car wreck, you could kind of see this coming. Uh, John Candy, only 43 when he died. That's another one who I just thought was a lot older. All right, now we got this guy named Michael O'Donohue. Uh, Michael O'Donohue was a writer and a comedian, and he was friends with Belushi and Kennison. And uh, he read the script. Maybe even there was some rumor that maybe he even punched it up, did some additions to it uh, before recommending it to. to he, he's the one that recommended it to both uh, Belushi and Kennison. He died of a cerebral hemorrhage at the age of 54 back in 1994. So there's another guy. It's four people connected to the script that died. Fast forward a couple years, Chris Farley, another, again, another one who fits the pattern, yeah. but a huge fan of Belushi. He was kind of known that he was a big Belushi guy and ironically died at the same age of pretty much the same cause, but uh, he was about to accept this role. They were talking to him back in 97. Um, he was going to accept, well, no, yeah, in 97, right before he died, um, 
he was supposed to, I guess he verbally committed to doing it, then he died, and then get this, the sixth connection, uh, when Farley was in talks with whomever to, to, to do this movie, yeah. he gave the script to Phil Hartman, because he there was a supporting role that uh, he wanted Phil Hartman to play. Um, Hartman, I guess, read it, liked it, was somewhat interested in it, and before anything could happen on his end, obviously in early 98 is when uh, he met his... Oh, what a horrible story that was, that murder-suicide by his wife. But uh, So, yeah, so we got Belushi, Kennison, John Candy, this Michael O'Donohue. I don't know what his health was, but uh, Chris Farley and Phil Hartman. Phil Hartman, of course, you know, not really a, a drug-related death. Yeah. Um. I'm going to, you know, all right. It's easy to go with why, like, a curse thing. But also, like, think about, like, ah, we need a fun fat guy for this role. Yeah. That means hundreds of other fun fat guys read the script and lived. You know? Mm-hmm. Given the way Hollywood works. Like, yeah. you, like, you go on an audition. Yeah. And you're just in a room. Just at that time, at the time it's scheduled with 30 people that yeah. just like you. Yeah. Like, All right, we want a fun uh, fat guy, fun boisterous fat guy. <clears throat> yeah, okay. So already, of course, they're all like in line with it. Michael Donahue was a head writer of Saturday Night Live, the first head writer of Saturday Night Live. Um, so I, I'm going to say it's a lot of coincidences. Mm-hmm. You know, I wonder if like it's got a little bit of the uh, Confederacy of Dunces vibe to it. Yeah, well, that's I was just about to bring that up. For some reason, they just nobody's died, but they just can't get it made. Yeah, I mean, you think about how much stuff. That's that is one of the frustrating. You look at what movie gets made, Mm -hmm. and you're like, really? Mm -hmm. Of all the scripts, of all the writers, and all the people, there's just an unrequited unpaid industry of people churning stuff out is trying to get it read. This is what made it. And you're going to be like, this one, huh? Because, oh, so-and-so's attached to it. So-and-so said they'll do it. When Confederacy does, it's like, yeah, why can't that get made? Well, that's the thing, too. Not to keep trying single out one guy but like that's why i'm just so over like adam sandler like he's been at the level for 20 years where he could get any movie made if he attaches himself to it or becomes executive producer so many good movies that never got made he could have gotten made but yet the shit he's churning out this is what he chooses to do i heard him say like he just gets he's like i'm just getting i get paid to go on vacation with my friends like Man, I can't fault you for gaming the system. He's already like, watch it, don't watch it, I don't care. I'm going to set it in Hawaii and remember my five friends there. But why not every now and then try to make something really good? Because that would be hard. Why not? That would be difficult. <sighs> I heard his special that he did over at Dynasty Typewriter was actually fantastic. Really? Yeah, everybody was saying it was, like, it was really good. Well, I mean, I can't shit on him. Like, I, I, think, I think he's, the, you know what? He's going to work and getting paid. Yeah. I mean, his early stuff, those uh, those comedy albums he put out in the 90s. Oh, yeah. Oh, I mean, those were so ingrained in my teenage years, just yeah. all those stupid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just, oh, it, yeah, me... And listen to them now. It's like they were incredibly stupid. But, like, oh, yeah. when you're a 15-year-old boy. Oh, yeah. That, well, and again, the same reason once in a while you got to scratch that edge. Once yeah. in a while you got to throw your computer across the room and mm-hmm. maybe uh, watch Billy Madison. <laughs> maybe steal some schnapps out of your parents' liquor cabinet and watch Billy Madison. Schnapps. Um, Attic is not the only movie that has, uh, or not even a movie script. I want to read the book. Um, it must be a kind of a book. 
that has been rumored to have been cursed. Uh, I'll throw you out a couple movies that uh, people feel like were cursed. Uh, classic movie, Rebel Without a Cause. Well, James Dean, um, of course, we know his untimely death. I think he was like 22 or 23. 23. He was so young. But uh, did you realize that uh, all four of the major leads in that movie uh, met early deaths? None of them made it to 43 years old. James Dean, this guy named Sal Maneo, Nick Adams, and, of course, Natalie Wood. Uh, I forgot she was in that, but Natalie Wood, she had her weird death on the, on the boat there. Yeah. Uh, none, of those, none, none of the four leads made it to age 43. How crazy is that? So that's... Was he, uh, he wasn't Charles Manson, was he? Uh, How did he die? Actor Sal was stabbed in an alley behind his apartment building and killed instantly. A pizza delivery man was arrested and convicted of the crime. Several motives for the murder were considered, including robbery, although Maneo was left with money, jewelry, and car keys on his person. That's what it was. Okay. That's a horrible way to go. Poltergeist. Boy, that movie scared the shit out of me when I was a kid. The yeah. Poltergeist in 1982. Uh, that oh, movie. Ghost BMX bike. They gave that little girl a hutch, and I heard about Ghost BMX. I'll look it up. What do you mean? Go, what do you mean, Ghost BMX bike? It's like a cursed BMX bike because it belonged to the little girl from Poltergeist. Whoa. Okay. Um. Yeah, this one here. Uh, four actors died during or immediately following the filming of Poltergeist. Heather O'Rourke. She played Carol Ann. Uh, the little girl abducted by ghost in 1988. Uh, then 13-year-old uh, Heather O'Rourke died of cardiac pulmonary arrest and septic shock, the result of an undetected intestinal blockage. She, Dominic Dunn, is it Dunn or Dune? I think it's Dunn. Uh, she played the older sister in the film. She was strangled by her ex-boyfriend during a brutal argument. Uh, she was 21. Two other cast members met tragedy during the franchise, but their deaths were not at all mysterious. They both died from long-standing illnesses. So, yeah, four people from that movie died, uh, early deaths. And then the one that uh, I had heard about prior to looking into any of this, uh, well, two, actually, The Exorcist and The Omen. Did you see the original Omen? I did. Yeah, that was pretty creepy. And, and it's September. We're getting into it. Oh, yeah. But... Um, yeah, a lot of people died. Uh, I won't bore you with all the details, but the omen, uh, just crazy deaths. Uh, and then, uh, like, a bunch of near deaths. Uh, well, I'm trying to think here. Where's the good I'm still looking up this BMX bike. I saw it somewhere. <laughs> the Exorcist. There it is, Haunted Hutch. Okay. Now this website won't load. Uh. The hutch that gave it to her. Oh, the guy has it, and he's got the. This is this is a picture of her posing on it with the little race outfit. And he's uh, got the bike. The guy, this poser's like, my girlfriend hates it, but it's not going anywhere. Huh? Just a sweet old hutch, man. Early '80s hutch race bike. Mm-hmm. But I guess, uh, yeah. All right. What was the bike I had that I thought was so cool? The white one. It was all white and it had like white wheels. Sigma, stigma, sigma. So uh, it was a Huffy. Huffy Sigma. Yeah, with the with the spoke covers. Yeah, the white disc. Yeah, yes. Yep. Huffy Sigma. Yeah, I remember I got one of those for Christmas when I was like nine or ten. Yep. So rad. Right there. Boom. That's it. 
You got the shit, man. I remember those things popping around. But I do remember it, it looking so cool, and then I remember just after a few weeks, like, man, this thing kind of rides like shit. Yeah, it's a, it was a bad mic. <laughs> they did not hold up. Yeah, it goes Rota. It goes Rota Huffy. It did not last long. Anyway, um... So, right, well, what do you think? Could, can a script, can a book be cursed? I mean, obviously you can say, yeah, it's a coincidence that, like, Belushi, Kennison, yeah, Candy, all these, all these guys died. unhealthy partiers <laughs> yeah. died after reading a script that requires that particular body type. That's like, yeah. that's like saying, uh, oh, man, competitive eaters are cursed with digestive problems. Yeah. Like, no, they did, that's, or maybe that's not right, but like, yeah, they're looking at the same type of person. That person's a large, overweight, mm-hmm. and uh, comedian type, which comedians, not mm-hmm. healthy food-wise or, you know, drugs, alcohol-wise. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to lean on coincidence. It is a little bit spooky that, mm-hmm. you know, where where is it now? Who else has read it? Yeah. You know? Well, I think they pretty much shelved it at this point. They're like, eh. I- but nobody's shelving. Hollywood's like, it's cursed. It's because they don't think they can make money. That's, again, yeah. why can't they get it made? If people like them, that Confederacy of Dunces, I don't know why it can't get made. It, you know, it's, a, it's a, one of the few books that really made me laugh uh-huh. out loud. So yeah. Sisters Brothers is getting made into a movie. That was a very funny book. I don't know that. I'm going to read this book. Hmm. But yeah, I mean, curses in general. I, I don't know. They talk about, you know, that's the pyramids. Mm-hmm. You know, they, 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 all those guys befell curses. Like, people fucking die, man. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if it's. And this was over several years. It's not like it was mm-hmm. all. It all happened. I mean, if you want to look into that, who, who was it, the Almond Brothers? Yeah, well. I mean, they, yeah, Skinner. Who, who was the plane crash? Well, the Skinner was a plane crash. Yeah. But Allman Brothers, uh, Dwayne Allman died on a motorcycle accident. Didn't and, he die where the plane crashed? No. Some, there was some weird thing, like somebody died at the site of the plane crash. Well, Dwayne Allman died before the Leonard Skinner plane crash. Yeah, you got you got to lean heavy. So, I don't know what's going but on. Dwayne Allman died uh, on a motorcycle, and then a year later, almost to the day, his bass player died in a motorcycle accident not far from where Dwayne died. Maybe that's, that's pretty crazy. But yeah, with Skinner, you know, they lost five, a total uh, three band members and two crew, and that that was 1977, I believe. They uh, crashed in a swamp in Louisiana. Get this. Did you know this little fun fact? The plane that they crashed in, they had just bought it from Aerosmith. And a couple of the uh, bandmates or crew people were like, yeah, that's this kind of a shitty plane. We shouldn't. Uh, Casey Gaines, one of the, the female backup singers, she died. She wanted to take a bus because she was like, this plane, this plane, I don't know anything about planes, but this plane looks like it sucks. And uh, But, yeah, it was Aerosmith's plane. So, yeah. But Aerosmith. man, early Aerosmith, not bad. I you know their later work is pretty no, pretty cringeworthy. Doped up but in man, the seventies, man, rats in the cellar, that kind of stuff. Although I did the uh, the Alicia Silverstone ballads. Mm-hmm. One of those came on, and I was like, man, I remember this. What crazy or yeah. or crying? Crying? Yeah, got me. I was like, ah, oh, man, I remember this. Movie. Oh man. It's good new, uh, good Skinner doc, by the way. Anybody's got uh, Prime, Amazon Prime. It's uh, uh, I forgot the name. It's one of their lyrics, but good, good new Skinner doc. Skinner, very misunderstood band. 
Really? Yeah, people shit on them for the, Amer- uh, the American flag, the uh, Confederate flag. Back then, that was just uh, it was their label forcing it down their throat to like they were trying to br- both them and their label were trying to brand themselves as like Southern rock. This is a oh. Southern band, and you know what other what what also, better people, way? Like, like, you, like people were not putting themselves in other people's shoes at the time. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, Duke's a hazard. Oh, yeah. that's a flag because they're from the South. Yeah, and it took like people go like. Hey, by the way, remember also the South was because of slavery. Like, oh yeah, I, mm-hmm. I wasn't intentionally ignoring that. It's like you just didn't put yourself in the shoes of yeah. black people having to see that all the time. Going, yeah, that just meant. Also, it's a second place trophy. <laughs> That's you know? true. Yeah, it's true. That's what somebody made fun of. Like, it's funny that like people are upset about like tearing down statues and the flag yeah. it's like you fucking lost yeah like you don't want kids to have participation trophies but you're going to cover your whole area yeah with uh, your second place monuments yeah like it's not going away it's written down yeah. we know who they were by the way I'm in no way defending the display of the confer- confederate flag uh, not a fan because now it's very clear that uh, well first of all the, 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 what you're saying the second the KKK and, and white supremacists mm-hmm. co-opt your flag how about you find a new fucking flag to, you know it doesn't make any less southern that uh, that these flags are coming down off of government buildings yeah. but back then uh, seriously uh, with, with Skinner it, it didn't have the connotation it had today and if you listen to some of the lyrics and like Sweet Home Alabama that's such a misunderstood mm-hmm. star- song uh, in, in Birmingham they love the governor boo 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 that means we're, we, we're anti-George Wallace so I don't know how much clearer yeah. Clear. And the whole thing about them getting upset with Neil Young is like they were mm-hmm. pals. They were just taking a fun jab. Mm-hmm. I think that's more just clickbait bullshit. Yeah. But yeah. The, ugh. Well, well, okay. I don't know about curses, but you know. Well, and I, I did. I actually researched this this time, and I couldn't find. I wanted to find an answer to the question of like. Who they thought put this put a curse on this script and why? That's that's yeah, that's, a good that's an unanswered question. But like, who put the curse on it and why? Like, why this stupid movie? And well, and I don't know. This might be a reach here, but it's about the main character is an Inuit mm-hmm. going to Alaska. I don't know if there's some old Inuit curse exploiting their culture. I, you know, like I don't know. But. Well, and, and Mordecai Rickler. Let's see what, what else is... What happened to him? He wrote it. Oh, yeah. Why is he all right? Mordecai. That's a, that's a cool name. Why is he fine? <laughs> yeah, that guy lived 70 fucking years. Maybe he's the one that... I don't know. What? Maybe he didn't want it. Uh, he didn't want his book turning into a, a script, and then he cursed it. Yeah, what's the, what, this guy got away with it. Fucking, that's fine. Man. Yeah, you got, yeah, you got me. That's a weird one. What's your favorite Chris Farley movie? <clears throat> oh man. Or or SNL sketch. I loved, ironically, <laughs> Matt Foley, Van Damme, Mother River. Oh yeah, that was so good. And it never, I've never heard that Chip one. By the way, one. oh, it's all very physical. I think that was his first one. Was it? Yeah, his first SNL sketch. I think uh, was the Chippendales one, and he was just. Balls to the wall. Yeah, I'll take my yeah, shirt off. Yeah, one big about it. <laughs> oh, man. Sucks that he's gone. And Phil Hartman. Good Lord. Any sketch Phil Hartman was in was going to be good. Like that dude. Any Simpsons. Just chops. Any yeah. Simpsons. Yeah. Just so much chops. But, yeah. So, anyway, I don't know. Uh, who's, who's to say? 
I mean, it's a hell of a coincidence, but but you're right. Why like, is it the people that want? To, why is it the people that want to just act in it? The you know the cursed ones. Yeah, I don't that's, know. What, that's what I'm saying. All right, buddy. Uh, let me vent about a commercial real quick. All right. Uh, yes, thank you, everybody who sent me links. To last week, I was complaining about the Discover commercial, and they're like, "Well, it means that uh, you know the first couple commercials, or whatever the tagline was, we treat you like you treat you, yeah. and that's all fine and dandy." But my point is, in the recent ones, they don't mention that tagline. Like, how arrogant of Discover to think that like we're going to remember their earlier commercials and connect the dot. Like, I don't know. Just say it. Say the stupid tagline if you want me to make. Eh, I'll stop on that one. Got another one that's annoying me. <laughs> All right, and I and I understand what you said last week. I'm just giving free publicity to these idiots. What but, TV are you watching that but, still has commercials? Um, oh, most of it is from my uh, Major League Baseball app. Oh, okay. Yeah, you got to sit through commercials during the uh, right. innings changeover. Netflix ain't giving you discover. Yeah. On, By the way, that uh, Hulu man, three dollars extra to not have commercials. That's the best three dollars a month you'll ever spend. I think it's three oh, or yeah, four just bucks. Trying to watch the fucking Simpsons. Yeah, it's like seven or eight bucks with commercials and eleven, twelve bucks without. Anyway, uh, there's this new commercial I keep seeing. Roman. It's one of those new, uh, like, you know, don't be ashamed about ED. You know, it's like it's an ED, erectile dysfunction pill. But here's the thing. All the actors are like 26. Is that Hollywood being so in love with millennials that even on a product that's meant for older men, they're going to cast Millennials? No, because maybe it's like, listen, you drink, you party, your dick's not going to work. You think that's what it is? Fucking, I know that's what it is, though. Well, you're not 26 anymore. <laughs> you did all that when you was 26. I, I never... And by the way... I was getting dick pill samples out of doctor. Definitely in my 30s. Really? Oh, yeah. Well, 30s, yeah, I can see. But here's my... Old, <laughs> I'm not going to say I've uh, never dabbled in that, but like, yeah, why not? It's a pharmaceutical company. Why not? They need you to take pills. You know, the people who created the opioid crisis. Yeah. They don't give a shit. Come on, youngsters. Get that dick hard. Why not have a backup? Um, but yeah, so all the actors look like they're 25 or 26. And then they got this Korean dude who's uh, working on a sink. And he's uh, he, he, he crawls out from under the sink like, wait, what are you talking about? And uh, he's got a hammer and a level. And I don't know any plumbing, any, any sinks that require a hammer or a level. Do a little bit of fucking homework, Roman. And when you, when you set dress these commercials... Like, you give a guy, you know, some plumber's putty you're, and a wrench. Acting, you are acting old enough to yeah. be their product. <laughs> I just hate that when, like, just do a little homework. You see it in movies and TV all the time. The worst is, like, in a TV. I know he's doing plumbing. Well, because he's crawling out from under a sink. Maybe he's and he's putting got, a shelf in under there. Nah, he's not putting a shelf in under there. I guarantee he's not. But uh, the worst is, like, on, on cop shows when, like, oh, there's a burglar in their house. So let's run lights and sirens all the way to that house so the burglar can hear us and make a clean getaway. Mm-hmm. That's not how that works. Right, no. Anyway, I'm sorry. I get so upset. Oh, uh, Bank of America update. Day 33. Still no money. Go fuck yourself, Mr. Stone. We'll get your I, money I when we get you your money. I put it on yeah, Twitter. I appreciate that. Scumbags out of it. 33 days they've had my money. Banks, baby. 33 days. Banks and pharmaceutical companies. Always cool. 
dudes. Go fuck yourself. <sighs> what you plugging? No, what day is today? 9-11. Happy 9-11, everybody. Oh, yeah. Today's 9-11, man. Where were you? Where were you when that when that went down? Oddly enough, woke up and reluctantly turned on Man Cow on the station I used to listen to mm-hmm. because my friend Monty was on there once in a while. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I wonder if Monty's on the show. So I turned it on, and it was just him talking about stuff. And then I got out of bed, like, what's what's going on? And my parents were watching the TV. And then the plane hit the second tower. Damn. And I was like, well. It's crazy. And I just <laughs> my buddies so nihilistically the next day, like everybody's like in shock. You know, was so like walking around like, what the fuck's going on? And my buddy looking at a newspaper that said like, God help us with the Twin Towers. There's no God! Look at the picture! Look at your picture! There's no God, you fucking idiots! Just so quickly, like, you fucking morons! Look at the picture you put. Everybody in Atlanta was freaking out because we thought that uh, the CDC was going to get bombed. Uh, Just all that stuff getting... I think a little... We mentioned it, but yeah. That was uh, was a legitimate, legitimate concern. People were like, should we leave town in case that happens? That is weird that all those things are that, like just bio warfare just sitting right there. Mm-hmm. Got a real quick and easy recipe. What you got? This right? is the dumbest, easiest recipe I've ever given out. It's not even a recipe. Is it something I can make? Yes. All right. But uh, still sticking to the to the keto. Trying to watch the carbs and sugar. I just just said I'm not. I don't have much of a sweet tooth. Ironically, I do have it whenever I'm on a diet because it's just psychologically. Oh, I want the thing. Sugar, you're not having your breads or anything. Yeah, yeah. So I'm alcohol. Yeah, I'm not getting any sugar. I remember that when I stopped drinking for a bit, and that's when I was like, I want all this. Yeah, Um, dude. Sugar-free Jello and sugar-free, fat-free whipped cream. Top it with a little uh, little whipped cream. Sugar-free whipped cream on the sugar-free Jello. It's a tasty little sweet substitute. Yeah, it's delicious yeah. if you're in a hospital. <laughs> hey, it's something though. It's something. It's like okay, look at this little treat. Well, there you go. That's your recipe. Go uh, go to a hospital cafeteria and get nuts. Uh, what else? Oh yeah, still looking for uh, designs for our uh, booger in Pennsylvania, who's looking for a boogie monster tattoo. So uh, a couple folks have sent in designs. I will forward those to that young man. But uh, any more, uh, any more you got there, just uh, feel free to shoot them over to us. What right. what you plugging? Uh, next weekend, September twentieth to twenty second, I'll be at the Charlotte Comedy Zone. Oh yeah! And then I will be in Columbia, South Carolina, on the twenty third. Doing what are going to be doing a live podcast? Live and, podcast at two p.m. and then your show that night. Yeah, and then I'm at the uh, Wood uh, Brooklyn New Brooklyn New Tavern. Brooklyn Tavern, and then I'm at the Pygmalion Festival in uh, Champaign Urbana on the twenty eighth. What is that? That sounds cool. I don't know. There's a lot of, uh, I think they're rappers, but a lot of names I don't recognize. Huh. But uh, it's all right. I've been to Champagne. And then, uh, you know, I'll promote the other stuff that, you know, San Francisco, or, yeah, San Francisco and Sacramento, first in Santa Cruz, first week of October. Going to be doing some mountain biking in Santa Cruz if you're around. Comedy Works Denver, Fort Collins coming up. A lot of fun stuff there. Cool. 
All right. What do you got? I'll be in Tampa on the 19th of September uh, next week at uh, Ella's Americana Folk Art Cafe. I'll be in Jacksonville on September 20th at Dahlia's Poorhouse. And I'll be in Orlando Friday the 21st at Bullenbush. And then I, too, will be in Columbia, South Carolina uh, Saturday the 22nd. I'll be headlining a show at uh, New Brooklyn Tavern. And then, like Cal said, uh, we'll both be doing the... Live Boogie Monster the next day, Sunday the 23rd. All info and tickets and stuff for that, dumbdavestone.com, in that order. So, there you go. Take that. Take yeah. take that shit. Yeah. What do you think of that? I think they're fine with it. Okay. The Boogie Monster with Kyle Kinane and Dave Stone. We can finally, once and for all, find out what happened with Judas Priest. Whether they broke up by themselves or they were pushed out by outside forces like uh, the government. The Boogie Monster. Podcasting the Unknown.